I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source and pro power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Talk is Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll, and we're keeping the rock and roll alive today. Got a special guest, Allison Hagendorf. She's the global head of rock for Spotify. She's one of the gatekeepers to uh, building bands and creating bands. She loves rock and roll. And if it's on any Spotify rock playlist, any song, it's because Allison put it there. Uh, She is the gatekeeper, like I said, for Spotify, for all rock and roll. She's the one behind Rock This, the biggest playlist, uh, rock and roll playlist on Spotify. She's included Fozzie a couple times, which is amazing. Uh, She's the one with, uh, she makes the choices on who goes on the list. Uh, not only is she going to give us the inside look at how Spotify works, how it's changing the rock and roll landscape and shaking up things in the music world, she's also going to share some pretty killer stories about hanging out with Bono and U2, uh, Robert Plant from Red Ze- Led Zeppelin making a playlist with Chris Cornell before he passed away last year. Allison's also going to turn us on uh, onto some new music and some of the new rock bands that she's loving right now. She's out seeing shows all the time. She's going to be at the Whiskey on March 10th seeing Fozzie, so if you see her there, go say hi. If you ever want to find her too, just look in the pit. She'll be the chick right in the middle of all the sweaty action. Uh, she says she's the only way can she, she can truly experience a show. She's a true rocker. She's a cool person. I really, really like her. My good friend, Allison Hagendorf, is here. Uh, she is the Spotify's resident rock and roll gatekeeper. And uh, the rise of Spotify starts now, right here on Talk is Jericho. I'm here with, with Allison Hagendorf, uh, who is the keeper of the keys. You sent me a an article. Was it like from like Business Weekly or Rolling Stone? Or oh, something? the Wall Street Journal. Well, okay, yeah. Wall Street Journal. You're the gatekeeper <laughs> of Spotify. Um, and it's so funny because we were in Sacramento at uh, Aftershock. And it was like, you got to meet Allison. You got to meet Allison. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll meet Allison. Like, whatever. She's Spotify. And then it's like, I meet and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you're the funnest person ever. Oh. You know what thank I mean? You. It's like, wow. Like, but everybody is like talking about Allison. She's the most important person that you have to meet. And I'm like, why? <laughs> she's the Spotify girl. But that's oh, kind of where we're you. at now is you really have a lot of, uh, a lot of influence. Well, it's cool. You know, it's a very exciting time. It's a little bit like the wild, wild west in the best case possible. But I feel like 
now bands, you could be unsigned, unknown, or, you know, established legacy bands, you know, I, I can kind of help, you know, I can help them because they can get on playlists. And when they get on playlists, you know, their streams go up and it helps tell part of the story. So it helps the band's journey. But it's so interesting because we were about three or four years ago in one foot in the old and one foot in the, in the new, it was kind of like you, like you mentioned, it was the wild west where album sales done streaming. It was just, it just kind of a hodgepodge. Mm -hmm. Now Spotify, a couple others, it's really organized and it's the way people are consuming music but in a good way for the artist to be able to capitalize on that, not just financially, but also from a numbers point. Like mm -hmm. you said, like the amount of people streaming is off the charts. Well, there's about 60 million subscribers and 140 million active users. There's over 30 million songs. On Spotify. On Spotify. And I think 2 billion playlists. <laughs> Which is so crazy. The numbers are crazy. And it's just, it's for me, like artist discovery is my passion. My background's A&R. I scouted bands and made records for Sony for many years in New York. So when you add a new artist, or it's not a new artist, maybe it's a new song from an established artist, it sort of sometimes can be the catalyst for them. Maybe you're turning them onto a whole new fan base that wouldn't have discovered them before. Mm. And that's sort of my whole mission is to get bands and their songs in front of as many fans as possible and surprise people where songs might fit where people wouldn't think they would fit it's interesting because like i said like when our record judas came out not the single but the record mm -hmm. and before this is our seventh album mm -hmm. and so before you would get this like the, the the billboard top 200 right and if you sold i think last time we were in the 40s or whatever it was this time there was two different charts. There was the album sales physical copy charts, and then there was the album sales physical copy combined with streaming. Yeah, and th those ones, like the street, there, there was people on there are some that, that I'm not even sure if they even have record deals. Like some rappers I've never heard of. Yeah, that were like number one, two, and three, or four. Who are these guys? Their streams are through the roof. Right. Right. What we do need to do as a community though is get rock fans onto streaming. Do you find that rock fans are kind of the last bastion of like the old school way of doing things? I think so. I think that what's cool about rock, which is what I love about rock, is that rock really pays homage to the legacy and the veteran artists, which is great, you know? Um, but we also need to evolve the genre in order to keep relevant and competitive. Mm -hmm. So I think for rock fans in general, one, we're older, um, which is great. Again, we know we have the, the heritage and the legacy, but... We do need to be open-minded about new music, whether it's from your favorite bands that you've been loved for years or new stuff. It's just about being more open-minded. But the things like you said, you could put something on a playlist. Like, for example, um, you put us on a playlist, which I'll talk about, and it was Muse and Foo Fighters for and sure. Fozzie and, and Greta Van Fleet. So yeah. it's all elements of rock and roll. So if you're checking it out, you will hear bands that maybe you've never even heard before because they're coming up. It's like making, you you're, you are making the eternal mixtape exactly for the world, right? right? Yes. It really, when growing up, I would actually make tapes, you know, cassette tapes. And to make a mix for someone, I think, is the most intimate special, wonderful thing you can make for someone. I would take so much care in it. And I feel like I'm just doing that now at a, at a global level, which is so surreal and I feel so grateful. But I want, um, I love the full spectrum of rock. I love hard rock. I love alternative rock. I love indie rock. And I try to get away from even using those words or it's just semantics. I think that we all need to uh, have an inclusive mindset because as long as it's not EDM or rap or 
polished pop. I'm like, let's let's get into it because it helps all of us when any sort of member of the genre succeeds. Well, it's like you said too. So we have to teach you know rock and roll fans about the new way of doing things because if you look at, at like. I think Rock This has 4 million subscribers, yes. which is huge. We just hit 4 million, yeah. But isn't like some of the other playlists, like some of the rap playlists? Oh, I'm sick double 20, that. 30, yeah. you know? And it, it's funny because um, really close friends of mine with the guys in Avenged Sevenfold yep. who dropped the stage album the day of. Like you just woke up and there was a new album. It was a surprise. But yeah. it didn't. I'm not going to say it didn't do well because it's the Venge Sevenfold, but it didn't do as well like because Beyonce did it. It was a huge thing because I think rap fans are used to just streaming and, and you go, yeah. it didn't work as much for rock and roll. It's still that. Well, ironically, rock is the underdog genre right now. We're not the cool kids, mm-hmm. which doesn't bother me one bit. <laughs> I mean, I think that, you know, I always say whoever says rock and roll is dead just isn't listening. Mm-hmm. You know, rock is in a great place. It's just not popular. It's just not in the mainstream. But was rock and roll ever mainstream? I mean, there's certain bands that get there. But when you're looking, I think rock and roll has always been kind of an underground, you know, redheaded stepchild of, of, of the music world. But it was on top 40 radio. It was mm-hmm. on mainstream charts. Okay. Like Nirvana and Soundgarden and Pearl Jam were on Z100. Sure. You know what I mean? So they were mainstream. So it's just changed where rock is definitely not mainstream at all. But I am confident because the music is so good and the bands are great that everything is cyclical. And I feel that it comes to a certain point where synthetic sounds it becomes oversaturated. You're going to want to hear a guitar. Mm -hmm. To me, there's no sexier sound in the world than a guitar. Mm -hmm. It's just the most refreshing sound, sexy sound. It's just authentic. It's organic. And I I believe that we just need to evolve the genre and it will come back around. It's funny too, because I'm thinking about EDM, like you don't know any EDM bands. It's just, there's a song and and just like, okay, it's it's like, it's the new Iron Maiden song. Like it's the new Days, right. You know, there's, there's there is nothing <laughs> well, like that. Well, it's funny when I went, I went to coach. I cover pretty much every music festival. Um, I think it's really important just to be at the live show. So I went to Coachella, and it's primarily DJs and very very young kids. And I was like, oh my god, there's going to be an entire generation where kids don't know lyrics because there are none. <laughs> there's literally no lyrics. Like, you know, like how important lyrics are in rock, in how we know every word to every song and every breath right. and every like genuine note or sound. You know. That that the vocalist makes or whatever. And it just was like, holy shit, like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it just, it'll come around. It'll come around. So, and I want to talk about how you got yeah. to this position, but, but before that, so how do you decide, like, for example, so I was going to say, so Rock This is the big playlist on yeah. Spotify for rock and roll. Yeah. And our, our song Judas, like I just mentioned to you, was on the charts for 25 weeks, did really good, top 10 for nine weeks. If I go through the lineage of all the different victories that we had, one of the biggest things that the record company and the radio guys were flipping out is that Allison added us to the rock this place. Oh, that's awesome. And that's they awesome. were freaking out. And like, I'm still new to the Spotify thing. I think on the last record, we went to Spotify headquarters around, but you know, I'm a rock guy. I'm yeah. still buying course, albums, yeah. which is so like archaic. You bought, you bought an album. What's wrong with you? <laughs> right. But so how do you decide which songs go where? How many songs are you getting sent on a oh daily basis? Yeah. How many people are trying to kiss your ass? And like, <laughs> Well, I'm first and foremost a music fan. So I have this thing like, as far as like FOMO goes. Like I need to hear everything. FOMO? Fear of missing out. Uh. Like I need – and plus that's the A&R in me. Like I just have to hear everything. I don't – 
I'm not partial to anyone or anyone who's sending it to me. I just want to hear the music. Bands will hit me up on Instagram and Twitter, and I, if I have a second, I will listen to it. You know, so I listen to everything. I'm pitched, you know, worldwide labels, managers, booking agents, publishers, the bands themselves, and I I listen to the music. I usually take it a week at a time because most, you know, as far as like releases go, because it's like too much to digest. I'm like, what's coming out this week? I will listen to everything right, coming out right. this week. And then um, I oversee a bunch of lists and I look at each playlist as a specific sonic stamp. So whereas Rock This is the biggest playlist on Spotify, it's sort of the 50 most impactful songs across the full spectrum of rock right now. But then I'll have lists like Rock Hard, you know, with like, Stone Sour and Corn and Disturbed and, you know, all those kind of bands. And then I'll have Digging Now, which is more like alts and like alt pop. And then I have Dirty Rock, which is like soulful blues rock with like Gary Clark Jr. and Royal Blood and the Black Keys. Mm -hmm. And just each one of the playlists is a specific taste and a flavor for rock fans. So I feel like I have something for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's so when I can hear a song and I'm like, what are all the possible places I could put this song? Because I get excited about turning fans onto songs they wouldn't necessarily listen to. If you mentioned like let's say a band that sends you something on Instagram and you know you've never heard it's the Chris Jericho experience. Yeah. And you listen to it and you like it, can you put it on Spotify even if they're unsigned? If they're on Spotify, if the song is physically on Spotify, it's fair game. So can you get on Spotify if you're not signed? Like, of how course. Do you, how do you do Absolutely. that? Absolutely. It's a whole process. Um like there's a you can look online, it tells you how to get it on how to get it on Spotify. Right. Okay, gotcha. Um so if it's yeah. on Spotify, it's then you can game. do whatever you want with it. Yes. And that changes the landscape, too, going back to what I said about the top 40 with the the Billboard 200 with some of the ba uh, artists I never heard of. Right. If you decide, okay, this, the Chris Jericho Experience song is killer, I'm going to put it on the rock this. You could, you could now, like you mentioned, you have the power to, to break a band. It's definitely a new day, and it's really exciting. So what I do is I'll put, let's say I think that Judas, you know, it's a great song. So let's test it, and I'll put it on a couple of lists and see how it does. What's unique about Spotify is that we have data to see how songs are doing. And at the end of the day, the fans really decide what songs are happening or not. Because if, if, if Judas wasn't doing great on these other lists, it never would have been tested in Rock This. Mm. So really, the fans, at the end of the day, are the ones who decide. And then when I added it to Rock This, it was doing great. So it gets to stay. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, I mentioned it when you told me that it was on there. So I think you said it's doing good. I mean, well, how do you know? He said the skip rate is the same as some of the other songs. What does that mean? Well, you can see, um, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's public data. Anyone can see how many streams a song is having. So you can see engagement on the platform, how a song's doing. Also, when, when fans save a song within the playlist, we see that. And that's really great you know, information to see, wow, a fan loves this song so much, they're saving it for their own personal mm. playlists and library. So that's a huge indicator. So we look at all that kind of stuff. What is the skip factor? What does that mean? So basically within a playlist, um, do, are people like leaving the song on? Are they engaged or are they not feeling it? So I could see it. It's really cool because we can see the listening behavior of, of the fans. Certain, like, let's say it's a, even the best song in the world is still going to get skipped. So what, like, what's a good skip? Like you said that Judas had a good skip rate. Well, it just depends in relation to the other songs in the playlist. What's cool about rock is that in my lists, we have like a much lower skip rate than like hip hop lists mm. and pop lists, which is so cool about rock fans because it shows that they're more patient and it shows that they're more engaged. You know, um, rock skip rates are much lower as compared to like 
a pop list. They're just kind of in the moment, like one, oh, okay, next, 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 mm-hmm. next. You know, rock fans were kind of put it on and kind of get into like a rock and roll zone. It's cool. So how did you get to this position of being, like we said, the gatekeeper to modern rock and roll as we know it? Well, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see. I um my you background. You mentioned your background was A and R. Yeah, A and R. So I did um, I scouted bands, made records for Columbia and Epic in New York, and then I also signed the Rock Writers to CSAC, which is uh, performance rights like BMI and ASCAP. So that's where I learned more about like the publishing, the songwriting part of it. What bands did you discover for Columbia? Um, I I actually oversaw the production of Coed and Cambria and Cypress Hill and actually David Bowie. Um, really? Yeah. What were you I, doing I was, with Bowie? So my mentor in the business is Matt Pinfield. Oh, yeah. Um, which is no coincidence <laughs> because I grew up watching Matt on MTV. Right. Just like a lot of people did. Famous just thought DJ. He was yeah. the coolest, coolest, coolest dude ever. And I was uh, a Sony college rep. I got my start in college and I won rep of the year. So I got a job offer at Epic and Columbia Records. I knew that Matt Pinfield worked at Columbia Records. <laughs> so I had this whole plan. I'm like, I'll take the Columbia gig and I will find my way to Matt. I just wanted to work with him. And um, that's exactly what happened. I created a position <laughs> as Matt's right hand because I'm not at all assertive and aggressive. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't um, tell that at all. And Matt's the greatest person ever, a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. Um, and it was great to just sort of like Matt taught me a lot about just, I mean, Matt is, I don't know if you, if you guys watch Matt Pinfield, but he's just the greatest dude of, of all time. Mm-hmm. One, his ear for music, um, his rapport with bands, and I just always kind of, like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to have, like, that ear. I mean, you can't t- teach an ear, but the more you're around music, you kind of can hone it. How do you mean the ear? To know that something's going to be successful? Yeah. Yeah. It's an actual, it's a skill, you know? It's a knack. It's a gut feeling. It's a really, it's an innate thing combined with sort of experience. Mm. So, um it was cool. So I kind of, I was Matt's right hand for a while. And then like Matt interviewing bands, that's what I transitioned to doing. So I transitioned from working with bands in the studio to interviewing them on camera. And I became or, Fuse. Okay, yeah, Fuse. So yeah. Fuse was my television debut. And I hosted the Top 20 Countdown and the Grammy special. And I would host the Lollapalooza and South by Southwest specials. And that was my dream come true, honestly. I had a show always Fuse. be a VJ. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you had yeah. a show of Fuse. Redemption song. Yes. I love that. <laughs> Actually, the chick who won that is now the singer of Stitched Up Heart. Oh, which is the FCC really? And Mixie. Yeah. I never made that connection. Yeah, yeah. Wow, she's sick. Yeah, I, I called her from voice. the start. Yeah, she's really great. So, oh you, my so God. you were on air hosting for yeah, Fuse. Yeah, so I, that's what I did. So I was the main host for Fuse for many years. And then when all the music competition shows came up, I hosted one on the CW. It was called The Next. And I was the host. And it was Gloria Estefan, Nelly, Joe Jonas, and John Richard, Big and Rich, with the celebrity judges. <laughs> and I had like bizarro life. It was amazing. <laughs> Um, and it was really combining my passions of discovering artists with television. And for the first time ever, I stopped hating on L.A. as a New Yorker. <laughs> so I was like, L.A. is actually pretty dope. So I moved to L.A. and then I just hosted like the first ever live broadcast of Stagecoach or uh, Jazz Fest. I just did all music stuff uh, or the DirecTV South by Southwest show. And then Spotify uh, called me up and they said, we actually have a new approach. We want to have genre experts. And everyone knows I bleed rock and roll. I mean, I, I wear a rock around my neck, like yeah, a cross or a Jewish she star. She has a it's necklace that says rock. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not messing around. 
you know. Um, I always love that line from uh, "You Can't Kill Rock and Roll" by Ozzy. Uh, rock and roll is my religion and my law. It's I, and I'm with that. Ditto, ditto, Hagendorf. Um, and that's it. And it's changed my life. And it's really cool because my whole life I would bleed for like four or five, six bands that I worked with. But now I feel like I can do that for thousands and thousands of bands around the world. And there's no greater feeling. When I was in high school, I was the uh, uh, the uh, Metal Allegiance rep for my high school, which basically meant that they gave me a, a, an envelope of Metal Allegiance, uh, Metal Alliance, sorry, badges, and I had to hand them out and say, are you part of the Metal Alliance? But you are kind of like, you know, you, you're the Metal Alliance. Your job is to recruit people into this. And when you, you talked about the Wall Street Journal article, mm-hmm. there was maybe four or five others. Mm-hmm. One is in charge of rap and one yeah. was in charge. Like, what are Pop, the different? yeah. Pop. Yeah, what, so what right. are some of the others? Is rap, pop, rock, country, R and B, dance, and each genre has its gatekeeper, whose job is to program the playlists. Yes, and you can do anything you want. I can, but at the end of the day, the the fans will tell me if it's working or oh, not. I understand. Yeah, 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 for but sure. But this goes back to like those old school DJs of the seventies, where you heard that like Rush, some DJ in Cleveland played Working Man, and that's what broke the band. It's that is my absolute passion. It's I can take chances. Mm-hmm. I could take chances on unproven songs, and for me, that is the most exhilarating part. But it's funny too because playing the radio game and understanding it, when satellite radio started. Oh, you can play whatever you want. Not necessarily true. Octane still has a playlist, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, but you can play whatever you want, which can also spearhead the radio station program directors to play what you think is good. Like I said, like the Judas on Rock This was like, oh my God, we got it. That's going to spur all of this extra traffic. Well, what's great is because I'm able to take risks, I can test a lot of stuff. Other parts of the business can't. It has to be more proven. So what I can do and contribute to help a band is to help it be proven, <laughs> you know, to help tell the first part of the story. So to show that the song has legs, to show that the song is reacting, to show that fans want the song, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's really cool. I, I, I feel like I'm the first part of the story. But you have to also really love and respect rock and roll because in your position, you know, going back to Alan Freed in 1955, getting busted for payola. I mean, you got to be pure in your intentions because someone could go hey Allison let me give you you know 500 grand and play my song and then that person has no communication moving forward it's like it's really really strict it's Hmm. and and I have to tell you though the industry has been very respectful I have never been put in an uncomfortable position Mm -hmm. at all not even once. But you're a strong woman. Like you don't think it doesn't seem like you take a lot of shit. From no, that no, sort of no, thing. no. I mean, this is really as pure as it gets. It's like, here are the songs. We test the songs. The data proves the songs. And it's and you have to have a lot of heart and soul. But if anyone is ever, you know, I get a feeling in my gut that it's not right, that person, no communication. Has, has there some, it's a pure It's a pure game. Don't say yeah. any names, but you're thinking right now, are there some, some people in some bands that are like not going to get any chance? Honestly, not re- I have to tell you, not really. I, I feel like the rock, I feel blessed. The rock community has been nothing but gracious and professional. And I've had only, but I'm not exaggerating, amazing stories. I would tell you otherwise. Everyone's really grateful. And the bands have been so cool. The bands are so pumped when they get added to a playlist and they share it on socials and they pin the playlist to their artist profile. It's really like a love fest. 
I actually feel like it's an amazing time for rock. It's just so funny because so many times I hear negativity and naysayers saying, oh, rock is down. I'm like, can you please stop talking to me? <laughs> because I live it day in and day out and it is alive and well. It is thriving and it's awesome. But once again, learning this and learning this kind of with you, yeah. um, like Judas, it's, it just crossed 100,000 sales of the track. And that's a combination of actual bought uh, you know, downloads for 99 cents and then Spotify streams because those streams then get uh, prorated down to sales. So we have like if we were in Canada, it'd be a platinum like 100,000 freaking sales. But a lot of that's through the streaming. Yeah. So that also gets kind of included into yeah. sales as well now. And what's also great about streaming is that it's just wonderful exposure for an artist. You know, like you were saying before, I do very unconventional programming on Rock This, where I'll have bands together that you will not find together anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's cool because uh, maybe like someone who loves, I don't know, Muse, maybe they don't, maybe they don't know Fozzie. Right. Right. And what about fans who love Fozzie? Maybe they don't really listen to Muse, but they'll hear this Muse song and be like, oh, wow, I obviously know of, of Muse, but like actually they're awesome. Yeah. That's my whole thing. And then also put it with brand new baby bands, you know? And that's just, it's kind of unconventional, but I, I find it to be really empowering. So I'm, I'm going to put it all in front of the fans, and then the fans will decide if they like it or not. Mm -hmm. You're talking about, uh, about baby bands, but then there's also the biggest bands in the world. There's a picture of you on Instagram. You just posted earlier this week of you uh, hugging Bono. <laughs> Yes. And I believe this is the first we met. You posted another one of you hugging Robert Plant. I know. And I'm I like, know. okay, what I the know. hell's going on here? So what? how does that figure in? What are your relationship with those type of, of, of artists? First of all, I have to say that those are two of the greatest moments of my entire life. Mm -hmm. Not of my career, of my life. Because I'm a massive, massive, massive Led Zeppelin and YouTube fan. We'll start with Zeppelin. So let's tell the story. So so what are you, okay. going, what are you going to see Robert Plant about? So basically... These legendary artists, right, they just, they're smart. They're businessmen and they have new music coming out and they just want to understand, like, why do I need Spotify? What is it? What can we do together? How can we collaborate? Like, what does it even mean? So that's literally what, I, what I'll do. So I'll meet, Robert has a, new, has a new record out called Carry Fire and he just is kind of like, cool, like, what does that mean coming out on Spotify? What can we do for it? So that's basically, I'll, I'll meet with these amazing, legendary artists that I feel grateful to even be in their presence. And it's really just sort of a conversation explaining what we can do for them and how to turn new fans onto Robert and the new music. And um, it's so exciting. It's obvious that Robert's people are saying, okay, much like with you got to meet Allison. She's in charge of the Spotify rock world. And so this is one of your daily meetings or whatever it may be. So where do you meet him? Tell me the story. Well, I met Robert at uh, the Spotify New York office. Okay. Um, he is just, is just, I'm actually, I don't care about celebrity whatsoever. It does nothing for me. Could not care any less. But Robert Plant. It's different. That's a whole other level. Because it's not just celebrity. That's like a god, mm. you know? So I like can see him coming towards me and I'm like dying inside. And I just like go to like meet him and I'm like, hi, I'm Allison. It's an honor and pleasure to meet you. I'm like trying not to geek out, I'm, like breathing. He's like, so what, ex I'm not gonna do a British accent because I have horrible, horrible. He's like, but he's like, what exactly like is your gig here? Like kind of like, why are we meeting today? Listen to you, you're, you're a pretty girl. You see, see you come and he's like, this is Allison. <laughs> Thank you. Right. But he's like, so what exactly is your gig? I'm like, oh, well, I'm the head of rock at Spotify. And he's like, 
wow. I'm like, well, you're the head of rock of like life. <laughs> So that's actually much cooler, and that's yeah, yeah. why we're meeting it's a good today. Good trade off, yeah. Yeah. So he laughed, and he's so funny and cool and charming and witty and everything you'd hoped and dreamed he'd be. He's that times ten. And no, we, he's so smart. He's, we had a great conversation, and um, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful experience. It's funny when you see. I saw a picture of him today with somebody, and like, I mean, he's in his seventies, but he's still got the hair, and it's it's like seeing like. Um, like watching Game of Thrones, you yes. see like the 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 the, the most the, the the greatest knight of all time. Yeah. He's old now, but he still looks like Badass. he could kill you, and like Badass. he still looks like Robert Plant, like so the cool. like you said, the golden god of of everything. He literally just makes I could not. I was like permagrin, like face hurt. I just <laughs> couldn't. Plus, I'm just so grateful, you know. Like I, you know, I met you two first, and that was an extraordinary day because. We talked about this. Very few bands have the original lineup. Yeah. And have never wavered yeah. for decades. There's two that we thought of. You right. two and ZZ Top. And ZZ Top. And by the way, I took that to all of my uh, trivia god, oh, you trivia did? buds. We couldn't Confirm think of Confirm just others. those two? Just those okay. two. The only other one we thought was, uh, you could say like Led Zeppelin, but they did a show after John Bonham died. Right. So, but they're the closest to it. Yeah, and it's also too. There, there, there were a nine year. We're talking like you two and ZZ Top, thirty five, forty. Years. Yeah, literally four decades. Right. Um, but I spent the I spent the day with you two, and by the way, this new album is phenomenal. It's great. Yeah, it's actually my personally favorite album in a very long time. I love it start to finish. But I got to spend time with them, just hearing them speak, I, like <laughs> hanging on to everywhere. They're just so smart. They're so humble and giving and altruistic and magnanimous. And I just. Wow, two huge words in it. So that was great. Oh, well, thank Altru you. I have to Google that. I have to go back and Google <laughs> it. Was it under the same auspices, though, or that you two? No, so I met with you two. Um, they actually did a live performance for original content for Rock This because Rock This is one of the only playlists on Spotify where you can actually have video content in the playlist. It's right. very exciting. So they actually shot video content that was exclusive for us and they rocked this playlist. So it was the coolest day ever. I literally was hearing like playbacks with them. I just was like one of those like moments, like how is this your life? I'm so grateful. And then as a joke, I was like, well, now I just need to meet Robert Plant. Like as a joke, I put it into the universe. And then like a week later, <laughs> I had that meeting with Robert Plant. So I'm just beyond grateful. It's an amazing time in music. Has there been other uh, bands? Uh, you, hold on. We, uh, ages ago in this conversation, um, you mentioned David Bowie. Oh, yeah. I never I never got to meet okay, him. Okay, got you. I never worked. met David Bowie. But um, I met I met Maynard this year, mm -hmm. which I'm a massive, massive oh, tool. He's kind of a weird cat, right? He's so cool. Mm -hmm. He's just, he's so cool. I mean, he's just one of those, like, genius, multifaceted mm -hmm. Like, how is this even possible? You know, he owns his own vineyards and actually picks the own. This his is Maynard Keenan from Tool. Yeah, from Tool in a Perfect Circle. circle yeah. and, and he literally, not only does he like own a vineyard and have his own, he actually like picks the grapes mm. and like lives the life. Like, he's so interesting. Seems like a Maynard thing to do. Yeah, he's just, he's so I just read today that Tool's putting on a new record this year. After 12 years. That is the I'm hope sure. and dream. I mean, you probably we all know. want, we all. I, I like want, how I'm telling well, you, like, have, hey, if Tools put on a new record, you probably well, know all about the it. the good thing is, is that A Perfect Circle has an album coming out top of the year, and the new song, The Doomed, is amazing. Um, on the Rock This playlist. Yeah, I saw it of course on there. it's on the Rock This playlist. Yeah, I, saw I, I love, in fact, I think it's the closest song a tool that a perfect circle has ever had. Hmm. It's very dynamic. So I feel like tool fans will be happy with that song because it's 
really tool esque. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but um, one of my favorites also is Tom Morello. Oh, I love Tom. Yeah. Massive, massive Tom Morello fan. He's the greatest guy. So when you are like, like, are you meeting these guys or hanging out with them at, at gigs or yeah. are you talking with them about Spotify business? Yeah, both. Because you're always all of the out doing stuff. I'm definitely out most nights seeing shows. I think it's essential. I think it's important. I need Why? to see. I need to. I can't understand a band until I see it live. Mm. Like I need to see it, feel it. I need to see it live. It's a totally different experience from hearing it. Recording. Fozzie at the Whiskey March 10th. Can't wait. You better be there. Can't, of course I'm going to be there. Of course. Would it miss it? But I mean, you, that, and the thing is too, I really love that aspect of what you just said too, because I saw, I saw three stadium shows this summer, U2, Metallica, Guns N' Roses, and it's still the live experience. Right. You can stream a record and you can pirate it or, or watch a YouTube video, but there's nothing like being there and that vibe and that feeling that you get. Also being with fellow rock fans, yes. right? Like that religious experience. When we talk about religious, I think U2 is one of the most religious experiences of all time. Yeah. U2 show. Did you see that tour, the Joshua Tree? I saw it three times. Ah, uh, yeah. Three Now times. when you go to these shows, oh my God. are you getting the uh, Alice and Spotify treatment? Are you backstage uh, hanging out well, like a real rock and roller? here's the thing. I do have that, but I love to just be in the pit. Right. I always want to be as close to the band, in the pit, sweaty with the fans. That's yeah. how I like to see shows. In fact, I will tell you a quick anecdote. So Royal Blood, I'm obsessed with. Royal yeah, Blood is one of my favorite. Band, yeah. I think they're one of the most important, hands down, new bands. Why? There's only there's only two guys. Two right? guys. Why are they the most? Why? First of all, um, two guys produce an unbelievable amount of sound. So it just it's just so interesting. And slash confusing and awesome to see them live, <laughs> but um, they're just cool. I think about great. Tim Buck three. Remember that there was only two, or the, was it the White Stripes? White too, Stripes, yeah. White Stripes. But they're just so effortlessly cool, great songwriting, and they they kick ass live. So fast forward, I go to see them at the Wiltern, and I literally have like a pass to watch it from the soundboard, which I'm so grateful. It's great, you know, it's amazing. But for me, it's not enough. I am like a very like visceral tactile <laughs> person so i'm like i'm so sorry bye everyone i'll see you after yeah. so i go straight down to the pit dripping sweat you know and everyone i still felt like in my opinion was like too chill so i like recruited a couple guys and i was like guys are you ready because i'm about to f turn this up <laughs> and i single-handedly everyone knows started the mosh pit i Got like punched in the face 10 times. It was great. I was dripping, 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 dripping sweat. I came out after people took like videos of me. It looks like I was in a swimming pool. Like that's how sweaty I was. <laughs> but like that's how I feel music. Whenever I love a band, I need to see it live first and foremost. And then I listen to the songs in my car, on a run, like walking down the street. I need to just digest and eat that song, mm -hmm. consume that song in every way possible. First and foremost, the live show. But I mean, that's... The best albums are ones that do take time to, to get into. Of course. You know, you have to listen to five, six. As a matter of fact, Painless, the song we were talking about, the new Fozzie song. I'm so excited about Painless. Well, thank yeah. you. I hated it when I first started. I remember that was the first demo I heard from from the record. And I was like, this song is like, this is what we got? I've been waiting a year for this. Now it might be my favorite song on the record. But It's a grower. It's a grower, <laughs> right? Not a shower. It's like, a grower. You know, the Black Album was like that for me with Metallica. I hated it. 
And now it's like probably second or third favorite Metallica record. But those are the best yeah. songs to take a while to get into. It's interesting. I've learned a lot from Spotify about listening behavior. And songs usually fall into one or two categories. One, instant. You hear a song and you're like, oh my God, your mind is blown. You're like, I'm obsessed. And you're like, immediately, you're like, this is it. And to hear it 10 times right now. Yeah. And then the other kind is like you feel like a little bit underwhelmed and then all of a sudden you find yourself like thinking about it or craving it and then like it grows on you and then you're like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's they're both equally important. You sure. know? So I love that. I love thinking of which songs are growers, which are immediate. All right. There are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos. Hey, amigas. See? Already learning. Haha. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Hey, this is Chris Jericho inviting you to the first ever Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. Picture this rock and roll, wrestling, comedy, live podcasting, all on the open ocean from October 27th to the 31st, 2018, from Miami to Nassau. I'm bringing Hall of Fame wrestlers, some of the greatest rock and roll bands on the planet, and putting the first wrestling ring on a cruise ship ever. Don't be a stupid idiot. Make the list. Check us out at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Is it part of your job to try and kind of, once again, going back to your A&R days, you, mm-hmm. you talk a lot about yeah. Greta Van Fleet, and obviously they're on the move and they're doing a lot of great things. Yeah. Is it your job kind of in your head to find other bands like that, like new bands, and kind of bring them out? Well, I'm on a mission for rock in general, and I want rock to be competitive, meaning competitive compared with other genres. I want rock to be relative. I want rock to get attention and love. And the only way we're going to do that is to evolve the genre. And the only way to do that is to find new, younger bands. We have to be able to pass the torch, right? Right. Um, I will forever be programming Queens of the Stone Age and Green Day and Muse and Metallica, these amazing legacy bands, which will never happen ever again. Those bands are unique. But it's important to find the next generation of young guys who can play instruments and write songs and be a band. And it's important for all of us to support that. It's really important. You just mentioned something. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. But you said uh, it'll never happen again, some of those bands. Yeah. And it's something I was going to ask you about. First of all, what do you mean by that statement? I think that there are certain moments of time that it was a renaissance. You know, um, the 90s are a perfect example. The 90s were actually a renaissance for every genre. uh, But specifically rock. 
I mean, I think everyone, most people can remember where they were when they heard Smells Like Teen Spirit for the first time. Um, it was also the end of an era. We talk about this, that alternative. It was the birth of a new genre. Alternative rock had never existed prior to that time at all. So it's because it, something needed to happen because the, the, the 80s was so much about glam and image. and Exactly. So and then it had gone so watered down. It had gone so oversaturated that it had just kind of like everything that was cool about the glam started to like lose its luster. Well, it was never glam Right, right, that, right, right, right. It, it became uncool. right. So then it right. became glam. And then it almost became like a shtick. Yes, like a parody, like Steel Panther. It was like right. It was like a parody, and it was just sort of like a derivative of where it came from. So once that happens, it's lost, right? Um, then you had someone like Kurt Cobain who literally wore like cardigans. <laughs> And somehow it was so cool and sexy cool. and masculine. Do you remember the long johns with the shorts over of, top? Like, I remember oh my, everything. Terrible with the flannel around the. I and never. And he had wore that. a dress. Like it was so cool yeah. and dangerous. And it was like what? And yeah. like the lyrics were what? It's a psycho. Mm -hmm. It's like psycho. It was, the lyrics were kind of psychotic, you know. And it was rape just, me. It was literally rape me. Was literally one of my favorite. It's no rape me is one of my favorite songs of all time. Like that is how powerful that song is, and it's so effed up. You know, it's like, but it was something we'd never heard before, whether you were a kid or an adult, and it blew all of our minds. So it was a renaissance because it was dangerous. It was confusing. It was shocking. Um, so those moments are hard to come by. It's very difficult to shock like that. And that's why hip hop is so hot right now because it's shocking, it's dangerous. Ironically, it has a very rock and roll, punk rock spirit right now. And that's why hip hop is dominating. You got a great point though, dangerous. Like um, our manager, he runs uh, Lakewood Amphitheater in, uh, in Atlanta. And he said, all the rock kids are now hip hop kids or country kids because it's dangerous. Correct. And that's something that rock and roll like lost. And you think about Guns N' Roses or, you know, you never knew that like, the guy could jump off the stage and punch you in the I face. I know, right. And that's kind of like a, a, a young James Hetfield looked like he would murder you. Like yeah. He, the, the lyrics he was singing, he believed it. It's, it was pretty scary. You know, it was yeah. scary, but that went away for a while. Um, do you find it coming back, some of that danger? Or is that kind of a lost era at this point? So we're definitely not dangerous right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely not dangerous right now, but great in a yeah. different way, um, in a smart way, in like a melodic way, in a great songwriting way. But um, there are a couple of bands that I see that I see that fire, and I'm like, yes. There's this band called The Fever 333. The Fever 333. What yes. a name. I love that name. So it's kind of like a, you, hear, you heard it here first. This is a band that I saw recently uh, that blew my mind. In L.A.? In L.A. They are three guys that have been in bands. They're veterans. Um, the, the Fever 333 is almost like a movement. It's pretty – it's almost like – I'll make this statement. It's a bold statement. But it's like a rage against the machine meets refused. Mm. So um, – it's it's like fierce, it's anger. angry, political. But what I love about them is one, they're incredible performers. There's literally like jumping off the stage and like acrobatics happening. But also their messaging is very positive. It's actually like things are messed up right now. Like let's stay together and be strong at this time. So mm -hmm. I like love that whole like positivity angle. But they're a brand new band. And if anyone has an opportunity to see them, I highly recommend it. Great workout music, too. Super <laughs> angst. See, it, it's interesting, too, because we were talking about – I thought where you were, we were going to go when I said it'll, it'll never happen again. I talk oh, about yeah. this with, like, promoters and stuff. Like, who's headlining download 10 years from now? Right, Because right, right now right. it's 
It's Sabbath is done, but now it's made. It's Metallica. They have a couple kind of uh, who was it? The headline, the Prodigy headline, but they're another older band. I can't remember Lincoln Park, but we don't know what's going yeah. on with them. But where where does this go? And maybe Spotify can help some of those yeah. younger bands get those big numbers exactly on the streams. Right. If exactly you're streaming right. like, you know, our Fozzie Judas record is streamed 10 million times, the record. And I'm sure that's like, I'm sure that's low in comparison to some bands. Maybe that can help bring those it's a pretty bands. good numbers there. Well, I yeah. mean, to me, it was crazy. Well, you know? you know, when when those and another reason we talk about how those bands will never happen again in that way is because at that time, bands were actually given an opportunity to develop. Right. There was patience. There were The, the way the record deals were constructed was that, okay, we have a couple records in us. Right. That has gone away. So now it's impossible. The bands don't have the opportunity or have the time or the money. Or, You've got or one the, shot. You have like a shot. And that's impossible, right? So what's great about Spotify is that there's still that shot. Because mm-hmm. no matter what, whoever you're signed to or not signed to, you can put your music on Spotify and get it in front of fans. And that's really, really special. So I feel like it will happen again now where bands actually can develop on their own. It requires a lot of you know, entrepreneurship for sure and dedication, but you should have that as a band. Well, yeah, and it's like, you know, there's no, <laughs> so, there's no money. Like, listen, dude, there's no money in anything. In anything, in any, in Don't, any yeah. area. You want to make passion. money, you got to be passionate, passionate. you got to believe good, in what you do. Good, and you, you got to be good. Right, and, and, and good and be willing to sleep on a couch or eat, Craft, oh, sorry, Canadian, the uh, craft uh, dinners, mac and cheese, eat mac and no, cheese. And you have to fight it all for something that the only, you're the only person who can see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, Look, I, we've all done it. You're where you are right now. I am where I am because we fought for it relentlessly because we believed in ourselves and wanted it so badly. Yeah. And, and it's actually funny because I, I want to kind of talk about something else really cool that you do because you talk about fighting for it and all these different things that you do because Spotify is huge, but it's not the only thing you do. You've done a lot of hosting. You've done AR, but yeah. the thing you talked about a little bit earlier was hosting the New Year's Eve Times Square yeah. uh, event. Yeah. That's crazy to me. That might even be it's, cooler than being the gatekeeper. I Well, I am the official host of Times Square New Year's Eve, and it never gets old saying that. <laughs> <laughs> it is very surreal. Um, this will be my sixth year doing it. And How does one get that gig? So basically, um, Times Square New Year's Eve is put on for forever by the Times Square Alliance and and Countdown Entertainment. Is and, a city council type yeah, thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like It's literally put on by New York City. And forever they would shoot it and then give the, the con, you know, the footage to the networks to like, you know, like package. Dick Clark's Rock and New right. Year's Eve or whatever. Yeah. So then finally they're kind of like, this is ours. Why don't we have actually have our own host and our own? And this is before like they decided they never had a global live stream, so no one can watch it online. And so they decided they wanted a host for it, and they wanted a, a New Yorker. And very organically, unfortunately, I came recommended to them from a couple different people. And then I met with them, and that was it. And um, I didn't understand the gig until I was physically live to see how big it was. I mean, you can hear there's a million people present, but you don't really know what that means. There's literally a million. Literally a million people. There's physically a million people. Good Lord. From all around the world, because the global crossroads of the world. And I have to tell you, nothing could have prepared me. It is the coolest thing ever. You feel the endorphins and the hope. And the energy in the air. And what do you mean the hope? If you think about it, there's no other moment ever throughout the year where everyone comes together and is willing to stand there in sub-freezing temps from all around the world 
because they're so hopeful. They want to ring in a new year. They Everybody wants a clean slate. Everybody wants a fresh start. Everybody wants to say goodbye to something that hurt them and made them cry or angry. Mm-hmm. So I have to tell you, it's like the, it's like human nature at its best. I could feel the hope. And it's it's intoxicating. It's awesome. So what's your job? So my job is I'm live for six hours. I start at 6 p.m. on the dot. Hello, Times Square. Literally, <laughs> this is like the opening note. I'm physically on the main countdown stage where all the big acts perform throughout the night. And um, I'm on the jumbotrons. It's hilarious. And then for six hours, I'm basically the MC of the night, of the everyone there in the global live stream. And it's cool because each hour... We count down into the 7 p.m. hour with maybe another network host. And Anderson Cooper's the best. We always kick it off with him. He's so cool. So you're there. And so Anderson Cooper's doing, is he doing? Yeah. So all of the other hosts are. He works for a network. Right. So they're doing their own show, but they'll come like visit me on the main stage. And we do like, we count down into um, like the next hour. And what's really cool is, I don't think people realize this, but all throughout the year when people visit the Times Square, there's like a center where you can write your wish for the new year on a piece of confetti. So when all of that like colorful confetti floats down at midnight, it's actually people's wishes. Oh, wow. And it's the most magical thing. So each hour, we actually read some people's wishes for the new year. And it's this beautiful, you know, kind of cathartic thing. Who does the Dick Clark and at Seacrest? Yes. But that's like that's so amazing to me when you think about like a, like a million people in New York City getting in and out of there. I mean, are they oh are they God. choppering you into this thing? Or <laughs> so I arrive very early. Yeah. So everyone, and that's another thing. Think about it. these people are so committed and hopeful that they have to arrive. I like I I don't even know what time they arrive, but it's definitely by like noon. Mm-hmm. They're there for like twelve hour. Again, it's like twenty degrees, and you. By the way, once you get in, you can't move. Right. You're there. Like, you can't go get a piece no, of pizza or, like, not. get a drink. Like, like there are bars there. No, you can't physically, physically. How does that, how does that even move. work without, like, like, with, like people getting hurt or anything like that? It's so crazy. I have to say that NYPD is on top of it, and it's actually a very safe feeling. Right. It's, like, very well organized, and um, you feel very safe. It feels like this really beautiful thing that we're all experiencing together. So you get there early. Yeah, I get there early. And then the ten ninety seven seven five. Happy New Year. Are you out of there right after? Or? Yes, I do one <laughs> more. I do one more like hit at like twelve fifteen, which is like a thank you so much everyone because think about every, what it takes to put that production on. So we definitely thank everyone and the Department of Sanitation, like all the you know it's so much. And then we go party. But by that point, I am like dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> I am dead. Do they? Do, so do you go to some kind of a club or something? Yeah. So, um, so it's the parties at the Hard Rock, and Barefoot is the official bubbly um, of Times Square New Year's Eve. So when you get to the party, there's like all the Barefoot wine <laughs> and bubbly, like flowing, ready to go. And I'm like, this is awesome. I guess I just understand how you can get in and out of there. Like, I, well, I do have a police escort. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get. At. I personally have a police escort. Wow, which is really, really cool. That definitely puts you in the fancy pants. It's category. pretty cool. Well, there'd be no other way to physically right. move around. So I arrive very early at a police escort. I do have a trailer, which is amazing, and it's a godsend because whenever I'm not on, I try to warm up. Sure, because it's really. Can't stand outside for six for the, hours, it's so. actually really, really cold, and I'm prepared, and I'm wearing like my snowboarding layers. I'm like, I do not look cute. You know what I mean? I'm just all about being warm. <laughs> and then, um, as soon as it's over, we do have a police escort uh, to go to the party because it's all you know about. We got to get through. It's impossible. 
One of my coolest rock and roll memories was uh, uh, Chris Slade, the drummer of ACDC, is a friend of mine. And I saw them actually in L.A. I had to remember what city we were in for a second. Uh, and uh, I went to stay at the same hotel and I got to go to police escort to Dodger Stadium with ACDC. Oh, that's the greatest. But they, mo- that's the coolest. They each yeah. had their own truck. So I wasn't with like Angus or anybody. It was just like, I am with. But you were a part of like, of AC- yeah, yeah, I, I'm yeah. part of the ACDC motorcade. You were a part of the motorcade. Yeah, and that's... that was pretty rock and roll, you know? Yes. But that's so crazy that you think about a million people yeah. in, in New York, in Times Square. Of every country. Wow. Like, that's also another cool factor about how global it is. Mm. Um, it's really cool. It's special. So just kind of bringing it back to Spotify. Yeah. Um, what is your overall, I don't know, overall goal? Like, like, obviously, Spotify, you know, Mr. Spotify hires you. Mm-hmm. Is this something you do for, like, years and years and years and and how does your performance get rated like how can they tell if you're doing a good job well the good news is when i first came in um the rock main rock playlist had a million followers and now it has four gotcha. in less than two years so that's so I'm really how... proud of that and you know it's about how the engagement and you know daily active users and monthly active users and just sort of the presence we're making you know in the rock space who do you report to is I mean, a we. Certain person, or? I mean, you kind of report to everyone because everyone has access to numbers. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, to answer your question, like I'm really on a mission with rock. I'm really. I mean, anyone who knows me well knows that I bleed it. I really am seriously on a mission. I love rock so much. Um, I want to help the genre. I want to help the genre grow and flourish. I want new rock fans. I want old rock fans. I want everyone to come together in this beautiful, beautiful celebration of rock and roll. And that's just, I won't sleep until that happens. <laughs> How did you get so into rock and roll? The funny thing is I wasn't raised on it at all. Um, I grew up with Motown, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I did grow up with like 50s kind of, 50s music. Um, I actually grew up dancing and like loved R&B and stuff. I like loved all that, like boys to men, okay. and like MC Hammer. I'm obs- was obsessed. Oh, with. You said you love that. MC Hammer. Like, We're talking about that, yeah. Janet Proper. Jackson, Michael Jackson. Like, did you like No Bones? I love all of that. Like, I really love all. <laughs> no of Bones that. was MC Hammer's uh, d- a dancer yeah, guy. Has, yeah, right. Big like crazy a, hair, yeah, amazing. Like yeah. the steps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so believe me, I loved all of that stuff. I wanted to be a dancer on a living color. Like, I that was oh, my nice. whole life. Like, I used to dance. Who like, was who was the famous? It was it Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez? Lopez. J Lo, right? Yeah. Wasn't doesn't uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Rosie Perez. She was the choreographer. Right. Yeah, of course. So that was I really wanted to that to be my life. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I used to go to like auditions in New York. Like I really wanted to Did dance. Did you get any gigs? Well, I was really young, so I would like dance at like bat mitzvahs and stuff. <laughs> but I'll never forget it. I heard "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and my life was changed forever. Interesting. For. Ever. Wow. It did something. To, I'd never heard anything like that. Remember, I had no reference of anything that led up to that moment. I didn't know punk or metal or rock. I really didn't. I'm the youngest of three girls. My parents are old. I didn't listen. To, I, didn't know, I, didn't, I didn't grow up with classic rock. Right. I, didn't, I didn't. You didn't have an older brother or sister saying I knew saying, nothing out, right. about it. I knew Motown. Right. And um, I heard Tonight's Teen Spirit and I like, it did something to me. It was kind of a strange thing. And it consumed me and then I was obsessed. My parents would drop me off at Tara Records for hours and I would literally just read. It was like before the internet. You know? I swear? No, this was like 20 miles north of Manhattan, yeah. like in the suburbs where I grew up. And I would literally just read everything. Great point I could. though, you said there was no internet. There's no internet. So Ma- rock like... magazines were the way to find right. out what was going on. And books. I would read books about Kurt Cobain and Chris Cornell. I literally just would read and then just like try to be associated with it. 
You know, I just, it changed me forever. I was a rock girl from that day out. Did you ever meet Cornell? I did. Oh, did you? Yeah. I actually, what we were talking about before, where you get to meet like legendary artists, I actually met with Chris about a month before he passed. Because mm. um, he had new music coming out and uh, we wanted, to, I actually created the This Is Chris Cornell playlist with Chris. So that was one of my greatest moments and accomplishments. So how was that? Like, what, what were his criteria for picking the tunes? Well, I mean, a lot of the stuff, like, so the This Is playlist, if you're not familiar, yeah, they're sort it? of like the essentials. So, like, we have a This Is Guns N' Roses, U2, Metallica. Like, I made those, which I'm so proud of. It's fun. A lot of it's data dictated. Like, I'll kind of look on the platform and see what are the most streamed songs from these artists. Because that's the thing. Like, for me, I'd pick all the obscure stuff. But that's not what you want. You well, want people to I do listen a combination. Yeah. So I'll start with, okay, these are the undeniable songs that people obviously love because we have the data to show it. But then I'll try to find, like, fun live versions that maybe obscure stuff or deep cuts or, like, the live stuff's fun because we have a lot of live stuff. So the This Is playlist is like a great, you know, another great thing I do. I love that. But um, so I, but it was great because I made the This Is with Chris. Um, so that was beyond rewarding. That's cool. It was really cool. What were some of the songs that he chose to be on it? Um, well, he actually, I, I put it together and then I ran it by him and he actually was like. I'm sure that's kind of, you was, put it together, yeah. let me see. Yeah, but he was into it. Um, but I'm so happy for him with the promise and a guy Grammy nomination and mm. So. It's been a rough year for rock and roll. It's hasn't been a really, really you know, just rough talking year. to uh, uh, Robert DeLeo from Stone Temple Pilots, talking about Chester Bennington. Then you get the Tom, Tom Petty, just out of nowhere. You know, you go back and Ugh. listen to those guys, and so you forget. Like I never met anybody, and and let me finish what I'm going to say here. I never met anybody in my life that go, "Who's your favorite band?" Tom Petty, but yet. Everybody loves everybody loves Tom Petty. Tom Petty. Everybody, everybody loves Tom Petty. And it's just like I was like I was thinking, who else is like that? Like it's a good call. Maybe like I think I think everybody loves ACDC. Like you right. put ACDC on an that's any, true in any that's true place. Guns and Roses. You're right, but but even Guns and Roses is is, is they're heavier. I mean, Tom Petty is very universal. Petty's very and, and when you talk about something that might never happen again, a guy like Tom Petty. Um, also, massive UK presence, too. Yeah. Massive. And, and also, who started, like, in the 70s. Like, the bands that started in the 70s that still are are, are touring and making uh, music and making yeah. moves, it's not a lot. No. You know? But I, what does make me happy about Tom, though, is that he went out on a high. I mean, he was performing. He had just played the big Hollywood Bowl shows. I was fortunate. To, I had just seen him at wow. Bottle Rock. I had just seen him. Thank God. Is that the first time you saw him? No, I had, I, I'm very lucky. I did get to see Tom a couple times, but like I had just seen him Memorial Day weekend. He headlined Bottle Rock, which by the way, is such a sick festival. I've never heard that before. Okay, guys. Bottle Rock is one of my favorite festivals. I mean, I'm a Lollapalooza what is girl, it? Okay. but okay. So Bottle Rock is a very new festival. It's only about five years and it's in Napa. Oh. So it's wine and right. bands, and there's a whole culinary component too with chefs. Peppers play there this year, maybe? Or? No, this okay. year, um, Tom Petty and Foo Fighters. Gotcha. Okay. It yeah. was great, real, and I love the curation. It's just like a mix of rock. It's kind of how I curate, how I do rock. This it's like the beautiful celebration of rock. Um, new bands, established mm -hmm. bands, and it was the first time Foo Fighters had actually played in like two years. So that was pretty epic. That festival is awesome. Is there any bands that you haven't seen that you want to see? Because I went, I've been going <clears> through this thing over the last few years where anybody that comes to town or if I'm around, yeah, I don't care who it is, like Billy Joel. Like I want, like I'm not a huge Billy Joel fan. I'll but see great to New see, York. yeah. Just, I want to be able to see 
I saw Billy Joel. Of course. And then there's other important. ones like the Stones and McCartney that I'll go see a thousand times. But I really wanted to, to make sure anytime there's a chance to see somebody that I go. Is there anybody that you haven't seen yet that you want to see? It's such an annoying answer, but I feel like I've seen everybody. <laughs> I was just trying to think like I have. I'm so fortunate. I have seen. Who's seen the best? Who's the best live band you ever saw? I really think U2 is one of the yeah. best live bands of all time. And just like, it's the whole show. It's the whole thing. I and just... it's a lot of it is Bono. Like he legitimately, like he, when you talk about Robert Plant being like, Bono is, is, I wouldn't say God is, is almost sacrilegious, but. But he has, he's religious. He's, the, like a religious, it's a religious he's it the ultimate. Rock stars, rock stars, not, yeah. And rock stars, not a big enough word. He's the ultimate presence. I agree. On a stage. I agree. You know, he's, he's one of a kind. That. Yes. He also, again, like I'm all about gratitude and he's just so gracious. Mm. They all are. Actually, the whole band is. Mm. They're also so smart and worldly and they care. Mm. They care. They care about humans. They care about giving back. They care so much. I'm not kidding. Like just spending time with them. I was like, how is this? How are you alive? Like, how are you real people? You know, to achieve such a level of, of success and to be so grounded and care so much. But you have that too, though. I see, like on your posts and stuff, you always talk. Here's what I like about about Allison's Instagram: is you'll always say, "What a great day!" and having so much fun. And and uh, you know, I got to meet Bono today, and uh, it's so good. And what's your favorite? You, you always ask a question: What's your favorite U two song? Or yeah. name something that you're grateful for today. Yeah, it's you're very uh, zen. Yeah, you have, you have good zen. You know what it is? My whole religion is gratitude and connecting with humans. It's just I I feel I feel very fortunate and I also feel like life is fleeting and so many of us take it for granted there's no guarantees none of us know anything mm -hmm. none of us know we're not all going to get to live to our 90s yeah. we're just not yeah, yeah, yeah. and it may have nothing to do with how you live your life it just sometimes you don't know anything so every single day is a gift every morning we open two gifts there are eyes yeah, you know I'm like I'm all about that I'm all about that like every morning I wake up and I like take a deep breath I name three things for which I'm grateful before I even grab my phone or anything like that and I'm like cool yeah, yeah I got this what's um uh you're talking about bands and like um actually let me ask you something before that what do you think the future of Spotify is? Like, is the old style system of record company and all that sort of stuff, will it still exist or does it even need to exist with Spotify? And where do you want to take this in the next 10 years? I think they all play a role. I just think all the roles are going to continue to evolve. Mm -hmm. You know, um, at the end of the day, terrestrial radio is important. It plays a role. You know, it, can, it, it, it does. It plays still a role. Has it, it, it still has presence. Terrestrial radio, it's hard to get new bands on or new songs on, but I feel like, you know, when bands like Kaleo, who got nominated for a Grammy, got added to like K Rock, for example, they had already had like 12 million streams on Spotify. It's great, you know? So it's just, we kind of all work together. It's all part of, you know, the equation. So I think that they are important. It's just everyone's role is going to continue to evolve. And I believe that Spotify's role is going to continue to evolve to be even more prominent. To almost be like the like if, for example, if it's you like say, how people consume music right. Like, have primarily. you seen the the have you seen the the you know the the documentary on the Eagles? Is it on Netflix? Yes. Have you heard the song? Right, totally. Is it on Spotify? It's totally. becoming like the go to place for, for music. Sure. You know? Like, look, I have a record player and I love vinyl. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I actually love the way it sounds. So I love holding the record in my hands and I love the artwork. Um, I love all of that. So. 
if you're a real music fan and you care about that stuff, that will always be important to you. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that the only way I consume music is really Spotify. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really, it's how you discover, it's how the playlist, the power of a playlist is pretty amazing. Um, you know, I have mood playlists that I work out to, that I I have a play, playlist called Soak Up the Sun. It's just like all the vibes, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just like... Um, Someone asked me to make one a couple months ago, Chris Jericho's workout playlist, and I listened to it because like... It's all my favorite songs. Oh, I want to hear know? it. Yeah, it's like it's kind of some oh, it's weird, so fun. obscure stuff. What do you have on there? I always go through what bands do I like. So there's ACDC, there's Metallica, there's some weird ones, there's some Stones, there's some Beatles, there's Halloween, uh, my favorite German power metal band. But then I'll go through like who are my friends that have stuff out. Stone, Stone Sour, yeah, Sevenfold. I always try to include like some of my buds. Totally, you know, of course. I might have put uh, Royal Blood on there. Whatever. It's Great. Just, it's like I love the concept of that. Now, you know. It's like you said, you're making a playlist for the world. Yeah. You know, and I remember when I was a kid, you would have your cassette in the player yeah. and waiting for, wait the for the radio. And they'd always mess it up because the DJ would talk would over talk, the beginning. Or I would miss Ugh. or I would screw up. I know. And I always remember thinking, like, if there's only a way I know. that I could just listen to this. I remember, like, I, I, I like the car song Living in Stereo of because it's, it's, the, it's the part in Fast Times at Rosemont High yeah. when Phoebe Cage shows her boobs. Yeah, of course. But I didn't want to buy a Cars album. If there was only a way I could just buy this one song. A single. And yeah. yeah, but now you can do all that sort of stuff. There are 30 million songs on Spotify. That oh idea gosh. never gets lost on me. And it's like a limitless jukebox. It's the yeah. coolest thing ever. If you are in a band, and we have a record of ours called Chase the Grow, which is in the middle of a lawsuit BS thing. It's not on iTunes. If you're not on iTunes or Spotify as a musician, your songs don't exist. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And it's the wave of the future. Like, I'm sure there's always people, I, I think like people that still buy albums, like, God bless you, but dude, yeah. I mean, come on. I'm fine with that, but we need to stream also. We're moving forward <laughs> yeah. to where in 10 years, we know what it's like to buy an album. Yeah. My kids don't know what it's like because they don't do it. Yeah. And it's just going to slowly turn over to where it all does rest on the heads of, of Spotify. And you could do both. I yeah. mean, there's like family plans. I mean, there's really like, I just think it's the greatest gift ever. Um, somehow on Saturday mornings, I'm kind of like, cause I'll get like a workout in first thing. And then I'm like, I feel like we need a, and I'm like, what don't we have? And that's when I realized we did not have my favorite, which is 90s rock. So I created the 90s rock renaissance with Kurt Cobain on the cover. And it's the best. It's just like all the great songs from the 90s. Then I also made a 90s pop rock. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like just like fun stuff. Like Soak Up the Sun was actually a personal playlist of mine that I turned into a global one. It's just like all of like Sublime and like 311, but like new stuff tool, cool. Like like too, like if you want to like sip your tequila and lime, yeah, like yeah, yeah. this is like your playlist. You know what's you know? funny? I really am going through, as we wind down here, I said that already, but I'm really going through like this 90s phase, like on, on uh, XM, I listen to Lithium. Or of course. Oh my God, nice. Lithium is a staple but for me. I yeah. hate it music in the early 90s. I know, see, this is where you and I differ, but I understand But why. I'll tell you the reason why. Because I was such a metal guy. I'm not, right. this is not, not, no, I'm talking Metallica, Iron Maiden, Scorpions, Ozzy, yeah. Dio, Halloween, that when the grunge, quote unquote, came in, suddenly all my favorite bands, like Metallica started getting bad, Maiden got bad, Priest, got, like, I was, I hated it. And also, I worked a lot in Japan at the time where that music thrived. So I could still right. go get my, my fix and find new bands via Japan. But I was the perfect age 
for grunge, for right. the for the anger and the angst of Nirvana. Yeah. And like I listen to Nirvana now, and I'm like, I love this band. Yeah, it's who I am. But at the time, I just I didn't understand like that it, though, because you, know? you love those other bands. I, I was so such a metal much. guy. Yeah, I get it. So you like, know? it kind of put a kibosh. It did. It did. And for me. I came from a totally different perspective where I was basically like a little girl <laughs> and I had never heard, to be honest with you, like a guitar you said, sure. like that. And um, it, it was like the voice of my generation. Yeah. And just like seeing Eddie Vedder like scale the stage and like swing across. I'm like, I love Isn't you. Plus, plus they all happen to be hot. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. like Chris Cornell, Kurt Cobain, Eddie Vedder, they were gorgeous. Do you know they, what I mean? They like had they were. The front man has to be hot. It was yeah. like the effortlessly cool hot though. Yeah, modern version. Do you know what I mean? Of it, like yeah. they were kind of like like get out of dirty. bed, walk on stage. The hot. hair yeah. was amazing. <laughs> like I just from like how girls love Justin Bieber today. Mm-hmm. I loved Kurt Cobain. I yeah. had a shrine to Kurt and Chris. Actually, this is so morbid, but everyone would make fun of me that everyone who I'd have a poster of on my wall would die. Wow, it's actually well, a horrible thing. They would call it. I don't let Allison hang you up on her wall. It's like fleeting fame. <laughs> Allison's dead. No, it's terrible because I love Lane Staley and also I loved Jeff Buckley. Oh, Jeff Buckley is one of my favorite vocalists of, of all time. And, and Shannon Hoon of Blind Melon. And all of these guys were on my wall, like in like a heartthrob sort of way. But it's amazing how many of those bands, and I was going to say it to Robert today, but I, I didn't want to bring it down. Or if you look at the top bands from the 90s, grunge, whatever it may be, Wyland. Dead. Someone Cobain, needs to put Eddie Vedder dead. like an right. oxygen chamber. Yeah, exactly. I love that man. Put him in a suit of armor. Yeah, so like, like he's the real. last one. I know. Andrew Wood dead. Shannon Hoon dead. No, beyond. You know, uh, Cornell dead. Now it's just it just goes on and on and on. Uh, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I, I think you can mention this. Uh, you might not want to, but he told me a great story about when Harry Styles put out his his solo record. Yeah. And it was a rock record. Yeah, t- great, great. But record. tell me the story about what you said to them. Well, it's tricky because it's a great. It actually is objectively a great, great album. I'm, ha- I'm very happy the direction he's going in because, like I said before, it's important as rock fans to sort of be open minded. Because it was it the helped- '70s Rod yes, Stewart vibe. It really yeah. was. It has a Beatles vibe yeah. for sure. But at the end of the day, it wasn't yet rock culture. Do you know? So, like, things can have a rock spirit or a rock sound. What's a rock culture? It's just, um, I mean, it's, I feel like it's something you can't even put into words, but you know it. Legit? It's just, Real? you know, it's just like, you know, I when people, some people are like negative about 21 pilots or whatever because they've had so much success. Oh God, and I'm dude. like, guys. They are the real deal. That? They have bled and sweat in vans, warp tour for uh, 10 years. That gig, I took my daughters wanted to go. It is one of the best gigs I've ever Incredible. seen. And I'll tell you, and you know how I feel to be able to say this to you. Yeah. It was so good. It was almost ACDC good, which is the greatest rock and roll right, band of, of course, all time. All time. It was yeah. so good. And the and the, the production they had. I agree. Once again, two dudes. Two dudes. Right? I know. It's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's a it's real a thing. thing. So, but, but what you were saying, though, is, is that they wanted you to put Harry on the rock this. Yeah. But you didn't. I didn't yet. I was like, let me, let's just see how it pans out. I'm happy to, I, I objectively yeah. knew that it was great songwriting and I'm so happy he's going in that direction and I like it. But you fan. wanted to make sure that I wanted to he make stayed. sure that it yeah. was just, it was the real thing. That's all. That's what I love. And that's one thing I love about you um, is the fact that, that it's so real that you're like, I want to, 
Just it's Harry make, Styles, just Allison. I want to make sure. I just want to make sure. He's still listening. You're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I want to make sure. Yeah. Uh, and that, right. to me, is why you're a true rocker. Thank you. Know? you. Last question. Yeah. Who's your favorite band of all time? Led Zeppelin. No, no. I don't even need to hesitate for one, like, second. Favorite album? Ugh. It's a tricky one, but I love House of the Holy, which I know is, like, an interesting response, but I just love that album. It's stunning. And favorite song? Can you choose? <sighs> I guess I'd say Over the Hills. Ooh, wow. Yeah. It's awesome. It's too bad that he won't do it anymore. But no. I to. did get to see Page and Plant in 1997. Okay. I did go to that tour. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, and any chance to see Robert, I still go. He's coming uh, to LA and at the Orpheum and like. Well, now you're close Never personal friends with him. I know. I'll yeah. just call him up. You Soon know? you're going to be posting a picture of you hugging him. Of course. So of jelly. Course. Allison, you're awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So if you don't already have a Spotify account, you need to get one. They've got 30 million songs, which you can listen to as part of a free Spotify account. You can also pay a few dollars a month and get access to Spotify Premium, which listen, lets you listen to your music commercial free. And of course, with your Spotify account, you get access to Allison's rock playlists and her recommendations, including Judas and Painless, which she just added to rock this. Can't thank her enough. She believes in rock and roll. She's a true rocker. And speaking of true rockers, we want to thank everybody who's come to the Judas Rising tour uh, so far last week in Texas. Had a great uh, four shows there. Uh, the House of Blues in New Orleans was great. Uh, and then tonight... Uh, March 7th, we are here in Tucson at Club X's. Come on down. We also got a uh, uh, signing at the Zia, or is it Zia? Z-I-A record store. That's going to be at 1.30. March 8th in Phoenix at the Marquee Theater. We got a signing there at the Zia. That's going to be at noon. San Diego, California, House of Blues with uh, Iced Earth. March 10th, Los Angeles, California at the Whiskey Allison is going to be there. A lot of cool people are going to be there. Uh, it's almost sold out, so buy your tickets soon for the whiskey. March 11th, Las Vegas at Counts Vamp. We're doing a signing at Zaya there. That's going to be at 1230. So lots of signings, Tucson, Phoenix, and uh, Las Vegas. March 13th, San Francisco at Slim's. March 14th, Portland at Dante's. March 16th, Seattle at Studio 7. Then we take a break and start the second leg. Chicago, Grand Rapids, Detroit is, will sell out soon. Dayton, Ohio, already sold out. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Clifton Park, New York. New York, New York, and the Gramercy, that's going to sell out. Philly at the Foundry, that's about to sell out. Portland, Maine, Hampton Beach. Don't forget the Hampton Beach, April 8th, the day of WrestleMania. It's an early show. Fozzie will be on at 5. We finish at 7. And then Fozzie and myself, the whole band, is going to stay at Wally's and watch WrestleMania with you. If you want to watch WrestleMania with Chris Jericho and you live in the Hampton Beach, New Hampshire area, get your tickets now at FozzyRock.com. Get your tickets for all the shows at Fozzie Rock and all the VIP meet and greet information is up there as well. We have the best VIP uh, experience in rock and roll. A lot of people saying it's their favorite VIP. We do have many concert private just for the VIPs. We meet you. We greet you. We retreat you. Uh, retweet you. Anything you want to do. I um, have a great time every single time. So FozzyRock.com for all that information. And then also I'm bringing the words of Jericho back to the UK in the spring. May 21st in Glasgow. May 22nd, Manchester. May 23rd, London. Get tickets at InsideTheRopes.co.uk. And of course, it's not too late to come hang with Fozzie. See Fozzie live on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at sea. We set sail October 27th. You can get your cabin. Reserve your cabin for as little as 150 bucks at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. 
And remember, once you book that cabin, your price includes everything. All concerts, comedy shows, live podcasts, meet and greets, autograph signings. If you go to uh, a WrestleCon, you pay a ticket to get in. Then you pay for each individual signing and picture. Uh Uh-uh, not on the Jericho Cruise. Once you come aboard, everything is all-inclusive. And you got so many people there to check out and hang out with. We're going to be hanging out with you. We've got nowhere else to go. It's a cruise ship, man. Jim Ross, Jerry the King Lawler, SoCal Val, Special Cruise Director, Mick Foley, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Ray Mysterio, Raven, the Keeping It 100 Crew, Conan, Disco Inferno, Shane Helms, Beyond the Darkness, scaring the poopy pants out of you, uh, Colt Cabana, Marty DeRosa doing their unprofessional wrestling show. That's going to be great. Don Callis and Paul Lazenby doing Killing the Town. Brad Williams, Ron Funches, Busted Open Radio is going to be there. Dave LaGreca uh, and Ken Crew, maybe Bubba Dudley, I don't know. Phil Campbell, the Bastard Sons, King Fozzie is going to be playing. The Stir, uh, the Dave Spivak Project, Spiwi is going to be there. Cherry Bombs, the Darlings of Rock and Roll, Shoot the Thrill, the world's best female ACDC cover band, Blizzard of Ozzy, the world's best Ozzy cover band, and of course, the Pièce de Résistance, the Ring of Honor, presenting the Sea of Honor Tournament aboard the ship. Matches happening in the middle of the ocean, and the winner of the Sea of Honor Tournament gets a Ring of Honor World Heavy championship shot in the future remember kenny omega will be wrestling on the boat and in the tournament the young bucks marty Skrull, uh cody rhodes the entire bullet club adam page the briscoe brothers dalton castle frankie kazarian christopher daniels jay lethal delirious uh brandy rhodes is going to be there and we're announcing there's still some more talent uh coming up in the next few weeks four uh four left there's uh, another uh wrestling uh female uh wrestling uh, WWE hall of famer uh, one of the biggest rock stars in America right now and uh, one of the biggest comedy teams in America right now as well. Uh, and speaking of which, speaking of rock and roll, coming up on, up, on, up on Friday, the new addition to the Jericho Network. First of all, we have 12360 with X-Pac. We joined, uh, that joined the, the, the Jericho Network. And then we also got now Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. And the host of Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, Richard Searett, is going to be here. The newest podcast on the Jericho Network and Westwood One. You're going to love this show. Richard explores all the great mysteries in rock and roll. His first episode went deep into the death of Jimi Hendrix and whether or not Hendrix was really murdered with all the theories surrounding it. He's going to tell us about that. Uh, He's got great interviews with people who knew all about Jimi. He's also got some great stories about Buddy Holly and the Rolling Stones. Uh, Jimi Hendrix. The, The stories keep on coming over and over and over again. Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, your introduction to the newest edition Jericho Network going to be here on Friday. Don't you dare to miss that one. It's going to scare the pants off your great conspiracies and then mysteries. Uh, so we'll see that. Uh, we'll, we'll hear that on Friday. And we'll see you on Friday. And thank you so much for being here. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. Uh, stay hard. Stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And big, yeah, boy.